the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 5.07 on the Central Coast on this Thursday, February 29th, 2024. You're listening to the Dave Congleton Show, where in about an hour, Joseph Emociano will make the case for Cornell West to be the President of the United States. This hour. I don't have children, so I don't keep up as much with education as I should. But one thing that I have become aware of lately is that there is an ongoing debate in education circles as to what kind of emphasis, focus, whatever, we should put on so-called cursive writing. How much time should we spend teaching our children, our students, how to write? So I reached out to some local teachers to get their perspectives. Uh, I'm going to have them introduce themselves, but we welcome back Mila Labar and Lori Woodward. Ladies, nice to see you both. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Dave. Um, uh, Myla, remind folks of your educational background, please. My educational background is I have I had the delight to get double majors in Spanish and history many years ago, and I have been teaching Spanish and history in San Luis Coastal Unified School District for 40 years now. I feel like it was just yesterday when I started. Eight, uh, 22 years at San Luis Obispo High School and now 18 years at Laguna Middle School where I teach Spanish and history. Mainly eighth grade all, yes all okay. eighth grade yes Lori um, I got a bachelor's in social work then went back to my teaching credential and was hired by Santa Maria Benita 30 years ago as a bilingual teacher I've worked third through sixth grade for the last 30 years and I've taught cursive all 30 of those years you're still teaching cursive oh yes yes I, I teach every teach it every year how much time do you spend on it do you still spend the same amount of time no, because of all the other standards and the other needs that students have. Is it required? It's required now, right? It, it is, is required. Yes. Yeah. It's a California standard. All right. Because I jotted this down. Last October, Governor Newsom signed a law making it mandatory in grades one through six. 21 states currently have some kind of cursive writing instruction, but that's less than half. I don't know. I guess I just kind of throw this out for discussion. How often are these young people going to be using cursive skills? Well, it's not only just the cursive skills. It's For me, having them know cursive is a, pro a professional or a life skill. And we're training them to be successful in multiple life in multiple jobs, multiple vocational jobs, and also professional college-educated jobs. And it's one of those marks of becoming a young adult that you can proficiently read and write cursive. And the question is, is how much do they use that? Because most of them are texting or online yeah. or using their computers. But it is a life skill, and as I'll talk again a little bit later, is I did poll my students the other day just for fun, and about two-thirds of them said that it should definitely still be taught, that they're proud of themselves, that they can both read cursive and write cursive. Yeah, but Lori, you, you have students that 
they're going to be their lifespan is going to go the entire century. Yes. Right? They're, when they die, it's going to be a world completely different. Uh, cursive in the future may fall by the wayside. Yeah. But as long as I'm teaching, I'm going to continue to teach it. Why? Uh, multiple reasons. For the same reasons Mila said, I want to give my students a leg up so that they are as competitive as they can be in the workplace. And if they're filling, they have to fill out any sort of application by hand. I want them to look as professional as they can. So I, I'm, I always teach cursive. There are many other reasons. Um, as we were talking before the show, it's been shown to increase neural pathways for children more so than typing or print writing. Um, and I found anecdotally that it's calming for for children. Oftentimes after lunch. Very calming. I'll, I will write some words in cursive, and they'll have the kids you know, practice their letters, and I'll read aloud to them. And they're very peaceful and very calm while they're writing in cursive. And children today really need some calming activities with all of the PTSD that, that they unfortunately have. And Milo, you're teaching middle school, so by that time they get to you, they know they're cursive. They know they're cursive, and some of them tend to use it, some of them do not, but at least, I mean, I'm comfortable because sometimes we're reading historical documents that are in cursive, and they're not embarrassed that they can't read it. And going back to one of the things that was just mentioned, what I like is on the benefits of cursive writing as far as uh, kind of intrinsic, it, it, and this is a quote from a gal uh, who's with Beverly Hills Unified School District. She said, putting pen to paper stimulates the brain like nothing else, even in this day of emails, texts, and tweets. In fact, learning to write in cursive is shown to improve brain development in the areas of thinking, language, and working memory. Cursive handwriting stimulates brain synapses and synchronicity between the left and right hemispheres, something absent from printing and typing. And so that, as I was mentioning before the show as well, well, the whole idea that cursive writing brings the attention to detail and the fine motor skills, no matter what the students pursue, the fact that they're able to do that gives them a sense of self-confidence. You agree with that, Lori? Yes, I do agree. And I'm a writer myself, so I, I very much focus on writing with my students. So for brainstorming, using cursive is an, is an excellent tool when children are trying to come up with topics for narratives. But do you hear from parents at all? Do parents ever come up to you? Why are you doing this? Yes. That, go yeah. ahead. Actually, yes. actually, several years ago, because I, 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 when we were still writing essays you know, by hand, we did, of course, type them now, um, I was requiring that my students write their essays in cursive. And I had a parent that didn't want that to happen. And actually, I had to meet with the administrators, and that parent and that child actually ended up not having to write in cursive in the long run. Why didn't the parent want, want to write in cursive? Um, well, they came from another state where the child had not learned cursive before fifth grade, and they felt that it was too cumbersome for that child to, to learn you know, cursive at this later date. Is it, is it ever too late to learn cursive? I don't know. No, it's not. I, for fun, prior to the show, I went online to, to go ahead and look at any of the parents who are either homeschooling their children or perhaps there's grandparents listening or parents saying, you're not doing enough in school. Let's go ahead and do something on the side. And there's wonderful tools on YouTube and a couple of other places where you can get the on online, the old practice sheets. And as an anecdote, I laugh because I do 
am able to write in cursive just fine. But for all the lefties out there, which I am, it was the land of the land of smudging. And so the teacher would come by and either try to get you to write with your right hand, or or have your hand all. Turned you have to around. Tip the paper the other yeah, way. Tip if you're the paper a exactly. Tip the paper the other way. So <laughs> I have those memories of learning to write cursive Aww. too. But the students, the students have really appreciated being able to write in cursive. When and like I mentioned, it's a life skill, building them self confidence, being able to read it as well. Well, Lori, follow up on your story. That uh, young boy, I believe it was, who who didn't learn cursive. What what is he going to face in his life? What are going to be the challenges that he's facing? Well. In, in my opinion, he's going to be asked to sign his name at some point mm-hmm. on a document, and he's not going to be able to sign his name in cursive. And I would personally be embarrassed if, if that were me, and I would never want any of my students to, to have an opportunity later on of embarrassment because I hadn't you know, taught them you know, those life skills. Yeah. yeah. Milo, what do you think this young man's going to face? He's going to, well, first of all, it's interesting that you mentioned the parents. Parents, Dave, have a lot of pull in the educational setting, so it's it's interesting. We try to guide students and give them the most skills, but instead of saying, no, he must write in cursive and come after school and we'll teach him, it's not surprising to me that the parent went ahead and, and was able to go ahead and keep the child and not have to write in cursive. But going back to any professional documents, what I three things I do in my classroom that in, in regards to letters, is I have students write a thank you note in the fall, and then we write a corporate letter of complaint or of praise to a product and learn have them learn how to do a business letter. And at the bottom of that is always sign your name, and they look at me with a blank scare and go, in cursive and they go oh I get to use my Google that's your <laughs> signature and a lot of them will look at me and say I don't have a signature I go yes you do let's practice and so it's pretty fun all right always good to be in conversation with Myla Labar and Lori Woodward between them they have decades in the classroom invited them in to have a conversation about cursive writing why continue teaching this isn't it time we got rid of this more of that conversation in your phone call straight ahead This is AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. All right, we're talking about handwriting. We're talking about cursive writing. We're talking with Myla Labar and Lori Woodward, teachers extraordinaire, trying to figure out why there is a debate over whether or not we continue teaching cursive writing. Let's bring Carolyn into the conversation all the way from Riverside. Carolyn, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm really glad to have this subject on your program. What's your take on it? um, From experience, it was my cursive handwriting that I began learning in fifth grade that got me the job of a lifetime. Uh, there was a job opening during the 84 Olympics for uh, assistant harbor master for the city of Long Beach. We had three women, three minorities, all different backgrounds, and came down to the three of us. I got the job, and the harbor master said it was because of my handwriting. He loved it. He said it, it showed intelligence and character. So another thing is, look at Prince Charles, King Charles' handwriting for the guys out there. He's got magnificent handwriting, so there's one. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, handwriting 
cursive can almost make or break a good job, and it did for me. So I wanted to pass that on and thank the teachers for their efforts. That's very nice of you to call in and say, Carolyn. Thank you. But let me just piggyback, because we've got a text on the Stolberg line. Uh, we need cursive just to sign our name. But when I bought my house in 2020. I didn't sign a single thing. It was all e-sign. I went online, click here, click there, click there, and it was my signature. Yes, that is that is for certain documents and the people's experience. But I did want to piggyback on Carolyn's comment, and I was really glad she got the job and the, her job of a lifetime. But there was another piece of information that I found, and it said the college board found that students who wrote in cursive for the essay portion of the SAT scored slightly higher than those who printed, which experts believe is because of the speed and efficiency of writing in cursive that allowed the students to focus on the content of their essays. And another piece of data that I found in prior to the show is that Cursive writing, if you stop and think about it, really helps students with dyslexia. The whole idea of inversion of letters and with cursive, they have to connect them. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. What would you say to Carolyn? I mean, because to me, Lori, all right, in the 1950s, was that the, she got this job? Yes. Okay. But in, in the year 2050, it's not going to matter what her handwriting style is like, is it? But but still, as I as I said, it's a very calming activity for children. And today, I, I have students in my class class that have PTSD from going through COVID. That also that come from everything from homeless. To we we have gangs. We have you know children with tra- other traumas. Parents that are being arrested. Parents in jail. And to have that time every day that's just peaceful and calm, where they're. They're just focusing on themselves, and it's not so taxing. You know, it's not. Well, tell them put their head down, take a nap, nap time. That's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. It's almost meditative for children. I think it's artistic. And it's artistic 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 for a lot of students. And it's empowering. When Mm -hmm. children write their name, they're so proud. And and they're like, look at how pretty my name is, Miss Woodward. Look at this. Look at I made it better. Hmm. Yeah. Here's Ben in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Ben. Ben? Hello? Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Yeah, it's Leslie. I'm not Ben. I'm Leslie. Hi I don't there. know. Hey, hi. Um, I'm really enjoying your show. I just got to catch it here as I'm in the car. I pulled over, though, so I can talk calmly. Um, I actually taught a handwriting class out at the Grizzly Youth Academy. Um, I was a volunteer art teacher there, and I discovered that the kids did not know how to write in cursive. One of the boys asked me if I could write his name in cursive for his dad. So we had a makeup class, and I invited everybody to come who wanted to learn cursive handwriting. And I taught them this in an hour and a half. We didn't quite get through all the capitals, but um, it was wonderful. And uh, the kids loved being able to do this. I don't know why this is not taught in schools, and your guests have made some very important, um, you know, points about it. you just look more intelligent. I can't imagine trying to take notes by printing everything as opposed to writing it out, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that as you go through school and you learn to take notes faster, you, you kind of develop your own sort of shorthand, and I can't imagine doing that if I didn't know how to write in cursive. The other thing that was really neat was there was uh, one cadet, 
and I showed him how the letter was actually in there. And suddenly he looked at it, and he realized that the letter E was just like the printed E, but it's this way. And it was just really neat to see the light bulb go on in yeah. these uh, teenage boys, you know, 16, 17 years old. Uh, and, and they loved it. And their final thing was they uh, wrote in cursive, the quick red fox jumped over the lazy brown dogs, which has every letter in the alphabet in it. They thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I want to thank your guests, and I really hope that this can come back. Uh, they were eager to learn, and um, I think it helps them be able to read letters from Grandma, who still writes in cursive. So I'll get off the phone, but thank you so much for having this program. Leslie, always good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Any response to Leslie? Yeah, I, Leslie, thank you for calling in. And when you talk about teenage boys, I do teach 8th grade and 14-year-olds right now. And if any of the parents are out there or grandparents are listening or aunts or uncles, it's, I, am, I have to say I'm quite appalled at how many students right now are addicted to video games. And I would put that carrot out there saying, no video games for the next 20 minutes. You're going to work on your cursive handwriting. So, <laughs> like yeah, right. turn off that Xbox oh, or whatever sure. they're oh, using, yeah. the Roblox and yeah, Fortnite and everything else. So. Let's get to Don and Arroyo Grande. Hey, Don. Hi, Dave. Hey, Don. Um, you, not learning cursive is a step backwards. Uh, it's impossible for me to understand why people would do that. Learning cursive is the beginning of artwork. And you look at Old English scroll, you look at the Bible, the starting words and the calligraphy is the beginning of artwork. And for an exercise, you know, we used to listen in school, and they'd play music, and you'd draw a picture. Or they'd tell a story, and you'd draw a picture. Okay, here's a good exercise. Play some music and write your story in cursive. Then play the same music and write your story in print. It will not be the same. You will not flow smoothly in print it will be more difficult for you to get a good story. Don, thank you. I've got less than a minute to the news break. Lori, what do you say to Don? I think that's lovely. I think it's beautiful. I mean, do you agree? I, I do agree. If I you do agree. Write, handwrite something versus typing it, it's going to be different? Oh, yes. Well, as a writer, a lot of times if I'm brainstorming for one of my novels, I I write in cursive. Yeah. And yeah, the speed and, and the, what it, you tap into and I, I appreciated Don's comment about artistry because that's what I see in students when they're writing. And I remember the days playing the music and going ahead. I did teach preschool for a while or, excuse me, middle school in middle grades in elementary school when I was substitute teaching prior to getting the full-time job up here. And the students are so calm, especially when you put on some music and going ahead and giving them the writing exercise. Mm -hmm. it's, right. art, it's artwork. We are off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig gives us all the latest in time saver traffic and weather together. We will continue our conversation with our teachers, Lori Woodward and Myla Labar, here to make the case as to why we should continue to teach cursive writing in our school system. What say you? This is Hometown Radio.
All right, we are talking about cursive writing this hour on Hometown Radio. Uh, 21 states currently require some sort of cursive writing instruction, but that means that 29 don't require anything. Newsom just signed a law last October making it mandatory in California for grades 1 through 6. We've got two veteran teachers here, Milo Labar and Lori Woodward, both very passionate on this subject. And we welcome your phone calls, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Do we continue to instruct our young people in cursive or do we just uh, give up to the inevitable takeover of computers and AI and all that stuff where you don't need to sign your name anymore. We've got Jim and Los Osos on KVEC. Hi, Jim. Hi, you guys. Good. Um, I've been teaching mechanical engineering at Cal Poly for 43 years, and I can't agree more with this topic. I think the learning cursive, it teaches them to concentrate, not, not to mention to be able to communicate. And I can tell you that in the last six years, I can't tell the difference anymore between the women who write in my class and the men. Their women handwriting has just gone right down the toilet. <laughs> I really think it's important, totally important. I, I see the concentration to learn how to write cursive is no difference than learning how to play the piano. And then it just teaches you to be able to concentrate on something for a long period of time. And this idea that everything's going to be on a computer, I remember in 1974, two years after they came out with the HP 35 calculator in Santa Barbara, people in the education business were saying, we don't have to teach the multiplication tables anymore. Nobody has to know how to multiply. And that's just as crazy as this idea that they don't have to write. Jim, thank you very much for that comment. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Jim. I completely agree, and I honor your many years of teaching experience, but it is that act of that attention to deep detail and the self-discipline, and you can tell students that come from that background in their progress in the classroom. And I do agree with you that both genders have uh, mixed reviews on their writing and, and on their... Are you seeing, on, are you seeing that, yes. Laurie, the penmanship, whatever you call it, handwriting? getting worse yes i do but i but i would like to play devil's advocate the reality for teachers today um my my class i have what what i call the covid bubble so these these students when it was the time for foundational skills were not learning phonics they you know they and then when they came back teachers had on masks so at 95 percent of my students were reading below grade level and I teach fifth grade, and the majority of them were reading at a first or second grade level. I had two, I have two students that are illiterate. I have four different languages in my class. I've got two autistic kids in my class. I, I have multiple needs. And mm-hmm. I do teach cursive, but I do not give it the emphasis that I used to because I have to teach multiple groups. I have to teach multiple levels. And I also, um, what is now required for teachers, because we have so much trauma with students, is we have to teach uh, social-emotional learning. And that's required as part of our day that we we help students to to deal with all of the pressures that they're that they have today. All right, Jim. Thank you. We move on. We've got Susan and Roy Grande. Hi, Susan. Well, thank you, sir, for taking my call. Thank you for calling. And Lori and Myla, you could not have had any better quality to stand behind you. Cursive writing 
is imperative, in my expressed opinion. Why? Why? Why is it so imperative? It's another tool in your mental, you know, toolbox to use. And some people actually spell better when they write in cursive because their concentration level is relaxed. The pen is flowing. And I just agree. I agree that your signature, sorry about the computer signatures, but I really appreciated this segment of your show. I really do. And I want to thank Lori and Myla for their dedication to the art. It's, It's unbelievable that you're required to do so much in a classroom. And I don't know your classroom sizes. I don't. What are your classroom sizes? I have 28. I have 35. Oh, my goodness. My Spanish are back-to-back 35s, and my U.S. history are 32s and 30s. It's a lot of students. All right, uh, Susan, thank you. When you started, Myla, what what was your student population? About the same. It okay. went. It had a little bit of a dip a couple of years ago, and at my particular site, we've gone from being the total student body about seven seventy, and now we're up to eight fifty, because that San Luis Obispo is such a beautiful place to live, and all these new families are coming in. Eight zero five five four three eight eight three zero. What do we do about cursive writing in the classroom? Shouldn't we just get rid of it? Alan's in San Luis on KVEC. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, ladies. Hey. No, I'm, this is a great show. The, the whole point of how it's developing mental skills is huge. Let me add one level to that because people will take notes now on their tablet. But yes. that only works up to a point. If you're going to try to write a math equation or copy a graph from the board, all that is, the list just goes on. But, but wait, wait, wait Alan, you can do the cursive and put it all together with your writing. Alan, uh, let me bring you up to date, my friend. Larry Martinez tells these stories. Well, he's retired now, but when he was teaching, and granted it's university, but I think the principle is the same. He he'd put up the stuff on the board, and the students would just whip out their photos or their cameras and take photos instead of taking notes. And that's not as good as taking notes because you don't learn it as well. If I'm you just can telling draw you. it, just telling you. I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of that, if they if they're going too fast and they have to take pictures because the teacher's going that quickly, well, the teacher can also hand do handouts or or something on a website. But in terms of the actual learning process, pen to paper still is better than just snapping a picture. I'm, I'm going to be the negative guy here just because it's my job. All, everybody in this booth and who have called in so far are looking at it from the world as it is today. And I'm trying to position us for the world 20 years from now. And I want to keep that world from deteriorating more than it already has by maintaining skill sets, such as learning to do math without a calculator, as was pointed out. The more we do that, the uh, mentally lazier we get. So do we want that to happen? Try not. Try to prevent it is what I want. That's too much for me to think about. Who wants oh. to come on? Well, I've, I've read that IQ is dropping worldwide. And I can't help but wonder if one of the reasons it's dropping worldwide is our dependence on electronic devices. Mm-hmm. 
and that may be. And Alan, I really appreciate your comment because I think that every we're just helping as people as educators develop a skill set. And whether I'm teaching people to be bilingual by teaching Spanish or teaching mm -hmm. them to write and be able to write and then read historic. A lot of the historical documents are in cursive, and the idea that they're a student is not able to do that, I would feel like we've the school system had done them a disservice the by not teaching them. What else, Alan? Yes. Well, I, I mean, I've been a tutor for over 40 years, so I've watched it where students need more assistance in the basics. Yeah. All right, Alan, good to hear from you. But you mentioned uh, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. There's AI now that can take a handwritten document and translate it into computerese. Isn't that amazing? It's yeah. amazing. So we don't need cursive. We'll just transfer everything. <laughs> All right. Here's Greg on KVEC. Hey, Greg. Hi, folks. Hey, really Greg. fascinating subject. I've got. How about this for a happy medium? Is it okay if the kids just learn how to text in cursive? <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. course. Of course, my tongue is firmly in my cheek. Um, you know, uh, Dave. You and I have talked about texting on your show before and also about mobile ticketing. And I guess the point that I'd like to make is that all technological and cultural advances are not necessarily good ones. And we need to keep that in mind. Uh, there are some good old-fashioned traits of humanity that we need to hold on to for dear life. That's, that's my take on things. And it, just in, to wrap up my position... My first true crush in fourth grade was with Maureen Carlson because she had the most beautiful penmanship I had ever seen. <laughs> well, I got to ask, was it reciprocated? She moved to Canada, <laughs> so she didn't have a chance. Oh, well, you could have written yeah. letters and kept your handwriting. Mm. And, and now there's Google. Yeah. You can look her up. Uh, well, she... She's probably uh, out of my, my age range at this point. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right, Greg, thank you. Any comments for Greg? I'm just, I'm glad that you had a positive experience with cursive. And yes, I, I actually find it really sexy when guys have nice handwriting. I do. I think that's really cool. You see, you say, oh my goodness, look at that. Because it shows that artistic side of them and attention to detail. I'll so. just piggyback on the idea that there's nothing in the world like getting a handwritten note or a card. Yes. And you will yes. never take that away. Isn't it The exactly. joy true. that somebody sat down and hand wrote a note something yes. to be said well my, my mother passed in december and i got several handwritten cards and they meant the world to me yeah and just to, and to see someone's personality in in their cursive writing right there we're talking about cursive writing whether or not we should continue teaching it in our schools we have perspective from our teachers Lori woodward and Myla labar back for a final segment we're live we're local or hometown All right, we're in our final segment with Myla Labar and Lori Woodward talking about cursive. And Myla, I want to make sure we have time. You did a survey among your students. I did. Yesterday with my United States history students, I said, should cursive be taught in schools? Why or why not? You must say at least one reason. Did you learn to write cursive at school? If so, what school? 
uh, or did you learn it at home? Are you able to write in cursive now and then write the statement, I am wonderful and smart? Uh, are you able to read cursive writing? And then the question I really love, too, is I said, what else should be taught in school that you're not learning? So on my 90 or so students, uh, about two-thirds of them said thumbs up to cursive writing, and a majority of them could write effectively. Some of them learned but just disliked doing that. They'd rather be texting or on their Chromebooks typing. And what I really wanted to plug, though, is I'm a – huge advocate of financial literacy and assembly bill 166 in 2015 made financial literacy education k-12 mandatory however there's a lot of school districts that don't have a tight financial literacy program k-12 and students are craving information on how to make money how to save money what are taxes what's a mortgage all these different financial pieces and I do a two-day financial literacy piece in my United States history classes that students love but they are still craving more information on financial literacy and then the other one was how to communicate a couple of people were saying how do you communicate with a person who's older with a boss with a peer that you're just getting to know and all those peer communication skills that as Lori was saying were absent for some students during the covid pandemic and online learning and so they're that's a hole for a lot of students right now we got ann and crested on kvec hi ann hi dave i just wanted to let your teachers know that last summer as you remember i was on vacation for seven weeks and i mailed out snail mailed 47 postcards and letters and greeting cards, every one of which was written in cursive. And I absolutely do not carry a cell phone, as you know. So I'm calling you from my landline, and it works just great. Yes. So that's just what I wanted to tell your friends, and I just wrote a letter just now to my girlfriend in Philadelphia. Yes, but this is 2024, and my argument is what's going to be happening in 2044. And I'll and... be dead, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but no one's going to be ri- nobody's going to be writing postcards. Well, they still sell them most of the time, although I have to say I was in Philadelphia recently, and I wasn't able to find a card. I was up in Oregon, and I couldn't find a card. I was up in Eugene. I mean, it's university. What is it? It's Oregon State University, 30,000 students. I had to go to a Staples, get a photograph, and the man made me 12 postcards, and I mailed them out. He just printed the pictures. It worked for me. That's just the way I roll. So anyway, you guys have a wonderful weekend. (laughs) Good story, Ann. Thanks for sharing. Ann, I bet everybody who received those treasures them. Seriously. I got one. They're very nice. Mm -hmm. But I just, what would you be teaching, Lori, if you didn't have to teach cursive? I would be doing more reading. And since 95% of my students were below reading level, I would be doing more time reading with them in small groups. We've got Rebecca in Aurora Grande. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, hey. Um, I just jumped into my car and heard had heard about the cursive, and um, I had some thoughts. Um, one is, what else will become too hard for kids to do? And so we say, you don't have to do anything that's difficult, anything that takes concentration. Mm. I just feel like we're we're trying we're afraid to make kids work hard, we're afraid to have them 
concentrate. Maybe that's the best thing for them is to learn how to concentrate, to, to keep themselves from the distraction of the phone, the computer. Um, it, it, it takes concentration. It takes kinesthetic skills to learn handwriting, to learn cursive. Um, I, I just think that um, if, if you don't value handwriting, you say we're not going to be using it in the future, I still say there are other elements of teaching something difficult to children um, just in terms of the discipline of it. I like this argument. All right, Rebecca, we'll talk about that. Thank you very much for calling. Who wants to respond? Um, I, I agree. That's one thing I've noticed over the last 30 years is that children's attention span has grown shorter and shorter and shorter. And I feel like I have to do more of a song and dance to, to hold their attention. Have you found the same thing? I found the same thing. And at my grade level, it's how many students are perhaps having a cell phone hidden in their pocket and trying to text with one hand or keep it out of view. Really? They <laughs> yeah. do that? Oh, they oh yeah. And then the not, they have Apple Watches. And so they're constantly looking down. You're be in the middle of a lecture and you're saying, excuse me, could you please not be looking at your Apple Watch? And they're going, oh, you saw me? You knew I'm doing that? So, um, mm. But I completely agree with you, Rebecca, on the whole issue of concentration and that self-discipline is very, very important. Scott's in San Luis. Hi, Scott. Hello, Dave. Hello, Milo. Hello, Lori. Hi, Scott. Hey, um, curiosity, um, since you guys teach, um, is, is students bringing their laptops into class and typing while you're lecturing, is it a distraction? And, the um, clackety-clack-clack noise? Yeah. Well, sometimes I would imagine it's required. What is so. required? Well, if we're writing an essay together, if we're doing, you know, something online together, hmm. we, we write all our essays online. And Dave, I will jump in because in my eighth grade class, their um, students will sometimes run to class, pop open their Chromebook, and they're they're on games. I'm sorry, they're on games, and I'm going don't and I say close your Chromebook. We're not using the Chromebook at the lesson right now, and so it is an addiction, if you will, and uh, and I'm concerned about that. So they are, they are uh, constantly trying to be on their devices. Scott? So how do you discourage it? I mean, um, can't you just mandate uh, maybe a research paper to be handwritten instead of type? Because we can all type. That's not a problem. But, you know, what if the power goes out? You know, teach them a lesson. You know, in fact, not only just teach them a lesson, make sure they can write a research paper, use a library, use a Rolodex or a card catalog. A Rolodex, a a card catalog. I, I, well, I, I, have, what? I really do want to interject. I love this. So very, very recently, I gave my students two days to write an essay, and it was actually for the Rotary Club. It was an essay. And at the end of those two days, some of the students had nothing. Why? Because they were on a game the entire time. So the next assignment that I gave them, follow-up questions for Chapter 13 on pre-Civil War, you know, where abolition and temperance and all that good stuff, it was handwritten. It was three pages of handwritten research notes and I said who wants to guess why we're having this be a handwritten assignment and they all went we were on video games I went yep you got that so uh, anyway yes well, there indeed. is a program I don't know if you, your school uses it. it's called Hapara yeah. and that's something else that I have to use so I have to and that monitors the students so I can actually see from my computer exactly where they are on their devices and we have wait, one wait, called wait, Go, wait, Go, Go Guardian what, yes. is, what, what is this it's what called is this? Hapara it's it it's a screenshot, basically, of, of everybody's oops, computer screen. Wow. Yeah. All right, Scott, thank you. Let me squeeze in Amy in San Luis. Hey, Amy. Nope, it's Jamie, Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Jamie. Sorry. Hey. Hey, Jamie. That's okay. 
Hi. So um, this is such an interesting discussion. I am dealing with this a lot right now. I have a crazy story for you. I'm going to keep it really short, okay? 45 seconds, my, please. Yep. I My son was given a link to help with a citation for bibliography. He's in eighth grade, by the way. The teacher gave him this link. You go to the link. You put in your research, whatever, and it gives you back that citation line that we all hate to write. While the thing is loading, you have to watch a 30-second ad for pharmaceuticals. When that's over, it has one more gate you have to go through. It says, would you like us to check your paper for plagiarism? So what happens when you click that? I asked my son to do it. You click that, and it sends you to chat GPT. This was provided by my son's English teacher. Holy cow. I am livid. I'm livid, and the YouTube thing is a real problem. We are losing... Our kids are losing the ability to think critically, and the public school system mm. is not helping them. Sounds like a next topic when Jamie comes to visit Hometown Radio. Jamie, thank you. Quick reaction? Jamie, quick reaction. Yes, I, I agree with you, and um, I think it's really important for t educators to be diligent on those referrals and on those links. And uh, if I could say anything to parents listening out there, is I, is going, and going back to the topic, is to get students to go ahead and do something like Learn Cursive. Take away that social media. Take away those video games and take away the phone. And whether it be cleaning your room, helping out, learning a recipe, whatever it happens to be, those are big ticket items for the kids and uh, yeah. you have the power to help teach them to help perfect their cursive and do a lot of things. But I want to I want to read this text from Jennifer on the Stolberg line. As yes. a physical therapist who has worked with kids of all ages, I wonder what the effect is on brain development with cursive versus keyboarding. I think it's important to motor learn to learn cursive. Uh, Lori Woodward, well, thank it, you. Well, it increases neural pathways. Yeah. Yes. Milo Labar, thank you. News traffic weather. Joseph makes the case for Cornell West to be president. Stick around. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.